I'm Kristen Ludlow from NBA Inside Stuff, and you're listening to the Double Clutch Podcast. Hello and welcome back to the Double Clutch Podcast. Uh, I'm Mike Miller and we're bringing you a bit of a festive, well it's post-festive, but uh, a festive-ish show today and I'm joined by Mr. Hugh Hopkins. I got what I wanted for Christmas, the Spurs are relevant again. <laughs> are they? Yes, they're the eighth seed. Come on, stay on top of things. <laughs> <laughs> Even if it's right. just for today maybe. Okay, alright, I'll let you have that. That's uh, that's a Christmas miracle. Um <laughs> I hate you. Uh, <laughs> and, and Mr. Josh Coyne. It's the most wonderful time of the year. Oh, that was beautiful. Oh, that was smooth. That was that was smooth. Yeah. Um, <laughs> fair play. Did you both have uh, wonderful Christmases? Uh, for me, there were four notable things that happened uh, over the festive period. One is that Santa came to town. Two is that Jordan Peele released the most exciting film trailer in years. <laughs> uh, number three was I ate myself into a legitimately terrifying state of lethargy. And <laughs> Kyrie Irving stuffed an L into the Philadelphia 76ers stocking. <laughs> oh, that must yeah. have been nice for you, Josh. Yeah, I had, a, I had a wonderful Christmas. Thank you very much, Mike. Um, I didn't see the Spurs play, but I did get to see them on Boxing Day. Uh, and they uh, they kicked ass. So I'm very happy about that. Good. Sounds like everyone uh, had a good one. Uh, did, Hugh, did you eat yourself into oblivion as well? Yeah, man. I was I was just saying uh, before we started recording that I've, I wear these like skiing salopettes uh, when I take the dog for a walk just because it's warm at this time of year. And I bought them last <laughs> last year. Well, I say last year, January 2018. And I legitimately can't fit can't do them up anymore it's really quite depressing yeah and and for me i i actually wear these skiing goggles when i'm eating my christmas dinner just in case of any kind of <laughs> when i'm shoveling there, there can always be a little bit of um uh i forgot the phrase but anyway yeah it can get messy <laughs> amazing uh, I, I definitely consumed far too many calories and I kind of feel like Sean Kemp looked after the, the 99 lockout. Um, <laughs> but I, I'm going to try and try and lose some of this extra. I don't even know how. Um, there's definitely... What is it? Uh, any of you two Friends fans? I'm not even a massive Friends person, but I can remember yeah, the yeah. quote. Uh, I'm still carrying a little holiday weight. That's uh, kind of how I feel right now. Um, but we're not here to talk about our gluttony. Uh, we're here to talk about the NBA, obviously, and it was a huge day on Christmas Day. In fact, it was so huge that 72 million total hours of NBA viewership was uh, was was taken in on Christmas Day, which is just absolutely insane, uh, which is up 13% from last year. Uh, the biggest draw, which um, ESPN's Ben Cafardo has as being a top five ever in the NBA, was, of course, uh, the, the Lakers and the Warriors. And a friend of the show, Josh's mate, uh, Ben Golliver, had it down as uh, the highest rated primetime Christmas Day game ever, which is pretty epic. That's pretty cool. Yeah, and you know, that's the the power of LeBron James and one of the greatest teams of all time. Absolutely. I mean, we got 12 hours straight of, of basketball, which is just beautiful. 
if, yeah. if you could do it. That's actually a bit of a mission. And we I'd... got six hours straight of good basketball, so that was even better. <laughs> yeah, true. <laughs> that is true. It's... Very rarely do you get six hours straight. It's much oh, much dear. better than last year anyway. I, th- I actually thought the schedule guys did a really good job this year for the Christmas Day games. I thought like all of them were legitimately interesting going into the day. I don't know how you guys mm-hmm. felt. I thought it was a good slate. I I genuinely much preferred. I know we got like things like Warriors, Cavs last year, but I don't, I didn't see the value in that at all um, last year, let alone this year. <laughs> um, I kind of I kind of feel like, and this I don't know if I'm getting a bit grinchy now, but when are, when are the Raptors going to get a Christmas Day game? Yes, let's get them on. It's just it's just it is now. It's just. It's just a vendetta, I think, that the NBA has yeah. on uh, the Canadian city. I, th- I think personally, I, th- I think I can kind of understand it, that um, with all of the Jurassic Park reruns, um, there could there, there could be some kind of like dinosaur. Um, uh, yeah, people get tired of dinosaurs. That's too much dinosaur in one day. Oh dear. Um, <laughs> Brilliant. Okay, uh, so let's let's move swiftly on from that um, before we get Raptors fans writing in. Because uh, last time, last time I spoke about the Raptors, someone came back about how it's all a conspiracy theory to do with the 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 profitability of Canadian sports networks being shown in the US and all that. Some I don't know. I lost interest. But anyway, um, <laughs> let's go for your. What was your top game of the day then? Uh, let's go, Hugh. Um, the top game for me, I mean, it was a close one because there were obviously two pretty, well, very close games. Um, I think the Boston and Philly game and uh, the Oklahoma City-Houston games were were mm-hmm. sort of neck and neck for me. Um, I felt the Boston-Philly game was more emotional in the sense that, um, you know, I think there was a lot of... It, well, obviously... Kyrie did a great job uh, in that final possession of regulation and then basically took over uh, overtime. Um, But I felt like, even though that was possibly the more emotional game, I felt more emotionally engaged by the Houston-Oklahoma game because I felt it was a bit more of a slugfest, you know? Each team was battling uh, right up until the end, whereas it... You know, in the Boston-Philly game, Philadelphia were basically shut out in overtime. Um, the And I was sort of... I, I, I started legitimately shouting at the screen um, when... I don't, I don't know why Harden came in and basically they didn't bring Paul George in at exactly the same time. It was ridiculous that that happened because then you had about four or five, five possessions of Westbrook, Westbrook trying to guard Harden. And I just felt this is ridiculous. Paul George should be on the floor and he should be the one taking over. He had been doing it all game. And he'd, even though Harden, I can't remember what how many points he finished with, but it was, it was a pretty incredible performance. But he worked so hard. He was something like 15 of 35 shooting. and uh, Yeah, 41 points. Yeah, but that, you know, for, to, miss, to miss more than 20 shots, um, because, you know, he, he missed a bunch of free throws as well. You know, um, I think... I think that's testament to uh, that's testament to how many hours uh, Paul George has, has been putting in, uh, working hard on the defensive end this season. He he really made uh, James Harden work for those points, and 
I th- I thought it was criminal that um, Paul George went in so late into that final fourth quarter when he came back in to close out the game. It was it was a real shame because I felt that was where um, Houston just got the edge over Oklahoma. Um, but it was it was enthralling. I re- I really enjoyed it. Yeah, I think there was some questionable decision making at the with the shot choice at the end of the the game as well. I think they were down three at the time, mate, and there was it was it was an opportunity for two possessions, and they went with a force three instead of the, and they could have just got something quickly inside yeah. and then fouled and and uh, yeah uh, yeah okay okay uh, Josh uh, predictable <laughs> I guess is going to be I can see where this is going straight away. What was your choice game for the night? Okay, so so I've sensed the tone there, and yes, the the, <laughs> the, the game of the night was uh, Boston and Philadelphia, but there are kind of um, reasons other than fandom here. Um, the garden was was rocking; it was probably the best atmosphere of the day. Um, it, it was it was really well fought out. Of course, it went to overtime. Some amazing plays as Hugh has taken us through, but my main reasoning here is that between the two well fought out game, well, you know, the the two games that Hugh Hugh has mentioned. Um, I have a bit of a thing now where I think I might have to start banning myself for my sanity for watching uh, games with James Harden in uh, because <laughs> if so um, Corey Maggetti uh, I spoke about my, uh, to my friend Dan about this uh, yesterday Corey Maggetti uh, got the nickname Bad Porn um, and, and the reason he was <laughs> called that was because of all of the um, ugly playing style of penetration um, and ultimately it not being particularly pleasing to the eye. Well, if Cora Maggetti is bad porn, then James Harden is, I don't know, like super bad porn. It's, it's just not... That, that sounds like a really bad spin-off. Yeah, yeah it's, it really does. So it's super bad porn, yes. It probably is a parody that we've seen, uh, you know, somewhere on the internet. Everything can be found. But um, J- James Harden just... Is it, it's just not fun for me at this point. It, it it really isn't fun. His playing style, he quite clearly is incredible. I know that he's one of the best players in the league. He's an amazing scorer, uh, which is why I have in, included in him in a um, a piece that we're going to be writing. Uh, sorry, speaking about later on in the pod. But for me, it had to be Boston Philadelphia. It was as as Hugh said, very emotional game, um, and we saw some incredible shots with a great degree of difficulty. Um, and finally, um, yes, I'm a Boston fan. <laughs> <laughs> Do you feel that James Harden is is destined to become Carmelo 2.0? Um, <laughs> um, I think he is worlds better than Carmelo was. For any kind okay, of 5.0. Okay, yeah. Yes, perhaps. Um, I mean, to be honest, early in his career, the stuff that you'd hear about Harden, um, both on and off court, um, I actually don't, I, I at that point thought that he might end up being washed quite early in his career. Um, but he has almost, he's taken a complete turn in the other direction and continued to get better. Um, so I think Harden's incredible, but. You know, there are amazing, incredible things in the world that I just don't like watching, and uh, watching him play basketball is one of them. See, I've got... I don't think... I, I see the parallels you're making with Mello. Like, um, I, and I'm no fan of Mello, as as many people listening to this podcast and reading my articles on Double Clutch website will attest, but 
I think he's more of like maybe an Amari Stoudemire 2.0. Now I know that makes very little sense at this stage, but hear me out. Amari Stoudemire, he made a lot of money and he made himself an all-star from essentially doing one thing, and that was being very good at rolling to the basket and get and catching uh, lobs and um, throwing down pretty amazing dunks. It was basically he was a one talent guy. And I would argue that James Harden is a one-talent guy. Um, Now, he can do two things, admittedly. Uh, He can get to the rim and he can shoot threes, but that one talent is based around his his dribbling. And it's... He is so good at just throwing people off that he can create space. It doesn't. It wouldn't really matter if he was an average three-point shooter, um, or a brilliant three-point shooter. He has so much space because of his incredible dribbling, um, and you know, and actually getting to the rim. That, I mean, maybe I'm doing him a disservice. Maybe it's it's because I'm just not a fan equally as Josh is of watching him play. But I just feel like he's. I don't know. He's just. I, yeah, in my mind, he's just a one-trick pony, and I don't think he'll ever, he would ever be able to succeed in a, in a more dynamic, um, creative offense. Yeah, and 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 you just spoke about um, his skills, and I'm going to switch this over to the world of entertainment. Has anyone heard James Harden sing? the 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 reason i ask is because in the world of entertainment they call it a triple threat don't they so if he can if he can sing he's got that because he sure as hell can make defenders dance and he dances himself with those two step three step four steps um and one thing he can definitely do is act so yeah um that's my thought on the (laughs) on his skill set nice work nice work Wow. Okay. I yeah, I didn't see that coming. I definitely didn't see uh, an Amari Stoudemire uh, comparison coming. I I do feel that's a disservice to uh, to James Harden. Um, uh, but I I'm, I'm kind of with you guys in that I can't stand watching him. And for a long time, I I really really couldn't stand. I had to just accept that what he did, he does so well that he makes it look too easy where he just looks nonchalant the whole time and i was just like but also also he does cheat you know he does he does travel like this is we're not just going to gloss over this and we guys we'll have this conversation off the pod because this will take hours (laughs) i get the whole hard and travel thing but a lot of the stuff he does gets called well gets called travel online and is not a travel that one against who was it where he that was definitely a travel where he took like eight steps back into the uh oh, where was it the elbow extended or something was it Miami game uh, it might have it might have been oh, I can't, it was the it was right at the death of the game wasn't mm. it yeah I'll give you that and like yeah I'm probably going to get people great I've just I've just defended you've, James you've, Harden you've opened up yourself for pod. hell now <laughs> oh, D- double clutch That's listeners go out and tweet at Mike Hunt Miller and... let's get the witch hunt going. <laughs> So I'm going to team up with your buddy Gary Maitland actually because he he will shut down a lot of this with his because he is a, an expert on the 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 gather two step. So uh, I'm, I'll be prepared with Gary as my shield. Um, <laughs> I'm sure he'll be willing to stand up for you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I might, I'll text him afterwards just to give him a heads up. Um, okay, so yeah, there were, there were five games. Um, I I again I'm going to side with Josh here. 
uh, not that it was a competition or anything. I I thought the the Philly Boston game just was the most uh, passionate game, and um, I was actually disappointed with the Thunder. I thought they were going to go in there and, and sort of do do Houston over a bit, just based on recent uh, performances and recent form. Um, let's get on to the best individual performances, because there was a lot of them. Yanis had 30, 14, and 3 with 4 steals and 2 blocks. Kyrie Irving had 40, 10, and 3 with uh, 5 or 10 from 3-point line. Um, and that begs the question... Who's better? And this is twice now on this pod I'm going to bring up this guy's name and none of us seem to like him. What's better, Christmas Kyrie or Hoodie Mellow? Oh, Christmas Kyrie, by far, by far. Like, Hoodie Mellow, let, let's let's be real here. Hoodie, Hoodie Mellow <laughs> was a summer league phenomenon and and nobody was playing defense because that's what happens in the that's what happens in the summer in those in those terrible training sessions. Unless you unless you go up against Joel Embiid, nobody's playing defense in those sessions. And if you if you compare him to Olympic Mellow, now we're talking about a different thing because Olympic Mellow is is next level amazing. But if you putting him up against Hoodie Mellow, that dude is basically overrated. I, I <laughs> much like much like just Carmelo Anthony. Just put it plainly, um, just like Carmelo Anthony, Hoodie Mellow is overrated. Yeah, I I I, I agree, and and. Those kind of takes from Hugh Hopkins is why he gets paid the big bucks, man. We, go, we, <laughs> we, we clearly go too far into the, uh, the Twitter rabbit hole to be a, com- comparing different aliases of basketball players, but that's what we're here to do. Yanis um, is clearly the best player out of the notable players that were mentioned, but uh, Kyrie Irving on Christmas Day. I mean, I tweeted that he was the ultimate no, 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 yes guy. And, uh, ex, uh, you know, Christmas was one of those nights. He had so many shots that to coaches and fans would be considered, uh, quote-unquote, bad shots in one sense, but considered phenomenal in other senses. The mm-hmm. degree of difficulty in some of the turnaround fading Jays was just unbelievable. Uh, and, of course, he showed, up, showed an unreal amount of closing ability in overtime with those no, 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 yes, deep threes. Um, and that was in the face of pretty respectable defense from guys like Jimmy Butler for the most part. So yeah, mm-hmm. I think I think player of the day was Christmas Kyrie. I'm with you. Christmas Kyrie. Okay, because Embiid also put up 34, 16 and two with two blocks. Harden, who we've mentioned, uh, 41, six and seven with two steals. But Kyrie, clutch Kyrie, clutch Christmas Kyrie. How much alliteration can we get into this? Yeah. Too much. I want more. <laughs> Too much. Too much. Okay. Can I before um, we go on to the next thing, Josh? Can I ask you about Kyrie? Yes, How, please. As a, as a Boston fan, mm-hmm. right? Where do you? What's your opinion on him coming back? Because I mean, you guys have had and you've written about it yourself. Um, you know, with the problems now, they're starting to. You know, Boston is starting to figure themselves out. Brad Stevens doing a fantastic job, but where do you? Where do you sit on paying him the absolute big bucks at the end of... Is it this season or next season his contract runs out? It's this season, is it? Yeah. Yeah. So, so for me, um, if you'd asked me at different kind of um, stages of Kyrie's tenure in Boston, the answer would be completely different to now. Um, it changes like, like, like the weather. Um, 
there's clearly a massive disparity at the moment when Kyrie is off the floor, um, just from a kind of um, leadership point of view, despite the fact that he can sometimes be incredibly frustrating when you want the ball to be zipped. Um, he's been efficient this this year so far. He's shooting uh, 41% from deep, I believe. And as he shoe on, sorry, as he he showed on Christmas Day, he can be that kind of guy that has that something extra that takes the team over the finish line. However, if you'd asked me in the previous postseason, uh, I would have said no. Um, I, I'm not comfortable with that. Clearly, he wasn't the guy he is now last year because he still, you know. Um, his knee wasn't right. He, he wasn't right. And at times, despite how kind of uh, bad this kind of take has aged, um, at times we played better basketball with Terry Rozier at the point. Um, and, you, you know, when guys like Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown uh, were showing an unbelievable amount of um, uh, ability so early in their career, you start to then think about the balancing acts that will have to take place eventually in Boston. And then you start to think, well, one of those guys will eventually have to go. And if they're playing at the level they were in last year's postseason, um, then they would be prioritised. However, since then, you've... Sorry that you asked this question, so I, I've gone on a bit of a rant. But however, <laughs> Kyrie Irving has come back and he's now showing that kind of... Um, um, a couple of times in a generation, raw, weird, um, freaky ability to get to the rim and to make shots out of nothing. It is a balancing act at the moment. It will eventually kind of make sense, I believe. Um, Gordon Hayward is a very different conversation uh, because he's just being used uh, in the wrong way, but also Brad Stevens can't afford to use him in the right way because there's just too many things to consider. So right now, I would say that Kyrie Irving would make sense to sign long-term, but I personally... That's based on his current form? That's based on current form. Okay, so let's go bigger picture. Mm -hmm. His history of injuries, leg injuries particularly. Yeah. Are you still comfortable putting this guy under a top dollar? That's the the problem here, is that in, in in no... decision that I make from your question am I comfortable it's a case it it really it really would be a case of rolling the dice either way because you know um, it's such an important position in the modern game and if you've got someone that you know so many NBA players have almost gushed over Kyrie Irving and talked about him in this kind of holy sense um, just about the degree of difficulty of what he can do and he has made shots in humongous games he's basically made almost you know championship winning shots in the past so he's been there he's done it I think he's a very very weird guy Um, he's he's not he's not exactly a guy that I look at and think oh like uh, you know, I, I love this guy. He's, you know, he's 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 the cool guy that I want leading this this franchise. But he's amazing. You can't deny that. And I think it will be a case of Boston having having to roll the dice. But I 100% understand and feel the concerns that you raised. Okay, so that was that was that was a definitely not a, a fandom take. That was a, a well reasoned and rational approach. I think um, I would definitely. <laughs> Talent-wise, if you just looked at the talent, you have to sign him. Mm-hmm. But I'm just so nervy about his ability to stay healthy mm-hmm. and, and in fact, his ability to consistently be the leader of a team. Yeah. Like I, I, I think he is a phenomenal talent. But down, yeah, I think, I think this, this summer, as good as he's been already, could be 
how we remember Danny Ainge in mm-hmm. sort of if we go like six years time sort of thing when when we look back at this summer and and whether he goes with Kyrie or not and then how Kyrie pans out mm-hmm. I think that could be a um a defining uh well a, a, a defi- defining decision for for how we view Ainge as a GM in, in years to come because right now he's he's untouchable with some of the uh just some of the brilliant moves he's made yeah um Okay, let's move on now. Let's move away from Christmas because we're all stuffed. Uh, we've had enough of that. Give us something new. NBA All-Star voting opened up on Christmas Day. Yeah. Have you all voted? You both voted? I haven't, actually. No. When, when, does, it, when does it close? Well, you can vote every day. I feel like I'm plugging this now. You can vote every day until January the 23rd, 21st. Put my teeth in. And your vote counts twice. I don't even know why they do this. Your vote counts twice on January 3rd, 4th, 10th, 11th, and 21st. Mm-hmm. So I'm guessing 3rd and 4th, well, they they must be weekends. They, they must be doing over the weekend. Yeah. But anyway, um, so you, you can you, you can vote. I think you can vote more than one way as well. So you could effectively vote three or four different times a day uh, if you were so inclined. I have voted just once. Uh, and I'm already suffering voters' remorse on on at least three of my picks. Um, so let's let's jump into that. Who do we think should be all stars um, this coming year? We'll go with the st- we're just going to do the starters because uh, we'll we'll get into all star more heavily closer to the time. Um, but let's go with the West first. Ah, uh, who 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 would you put in the front court in the West? I wish we hadn't started with the West. This is this is the more. All right, let's start with the East then, because Hugh says so. Let's start with the East. No, 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 no. <laughs> no we're doing it now. We're going East. Right, East for me. I I imagine there's a bit more. Um, I imagine we're going to be more aligned in our thinking as a trio. Um, okay. Maybe I'm wrong, but in my mind, I've got Kyrie. Um, okay. I've got Yanis. I've got yep. Kawhi, I've got M- yep. Embiid, and I guess the yep. only one which was sort of um, on the edge, and you guys might disagree with, is Kemba. That's exactly the five I've got. No, I've I've got something different. Okay, who have you, who have you got? So I've got Kyrie. The The weird thing about this team is that um, besides Kyrie, um, it, it's, it's a real kind of uh, reflection on the state of the game at, the, at this point, in that I don't know what what position any of these guys, uh, <laughs> yeah. they, they, you know, a, a lot a lot of the guys in my all star voting are guys that if they were on an actual basketball team, their roles would be so almost like so impossible to de- define. It's quite amazing, really, that when you said the front court, I was wait, I, I was basically thinking to myself, wait, who am I looking for here? But anyway, yeah. anyway, uh, I've got Kyrie, uh, I've got Yanis, I've got Kawhi. As as with you guys, uh, and I've got Embiid, but uh, I've got uh, Victor Oladipo. I think it's a pretty big season for him, as he's kind of proven that last year was no party trick. He like now is who he is, uh, and I think he's the best player on a good team, and that should be rewarded, even if he is as streaky as hell. You, you may have realised this, but you've literally picked one from each of the top five Eastern teams. It's not, not that there's anything wrong with that. I've just that's just an observation. No, I didn't. I didn't actually think about that. I didn't. Yeah. But I think that's fair because, like, I mean, I'm I'm gonna stick with Kemba because I think what he's doing with uh with the lack of support that he's got on that team 
is incredible. He's dragging them to the playoffs. Um, and yeah. I think they're probably going to make it this season. That being said, I think I I do like to support winning in that way. So, I you know, I do like mm-hmm. them to be, you know, in, in the playoff hunt at least. Um, yeah. And then I'd probably prefer them to be in the top four to six teams. Um, and I think that's why Victor Oladipo is probably a good shout. And it was the sort of sixth man in this race if I I mean to be honest I think he's probably going to make it anyway um whether it's in the starting five or whether it's sort of voted in by the coaches at a later date I imagine Victor Oladipo will be there because he's he is oh he'll be there he is doing a similar job at leading that team and like but like you said he has been more streaky which is why I sort of gave the nod to Kemba yeah uh, in in this instance yeah it's a it's a, it's a weird one because um, I, you know, Kemba's been having a great season, um, and for a lot of people, uh, and a lot of the time, narrative plays a big part in it, um, and 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 that's the reason a lot of people end up getting voted in. That maybe one day you think, oh, he was in there, but regardless, I think now that you mentioned it, Mike, it might just be a case of maybe kind of subliminally, I was, you know, it's something that kind of gets into your psyche that winning matters, um, and whilst whilst I picked from from high teams that might just be something that naturally I'm inclined to do because I'm just looking at my western team and I think I'm doing that a little bit as well but um yeah there's so many players that are in a similar situation to Kemba one being Blake Griffin one being Vucevic um mm-hmm. that that you know open up that kind of dirty disgusting conversation uh of uh, uh you know uh, good stats on bad team I, do you know what the one the one guy I wasn't sure of putting in my five was Kyrie, and I almost went Oladipo over Kyrie, and I don't know why. I d- I don't know what. I mean, obviously he was clutch on Christmas Day, but I think Boston as a whole this season, where they've been, uh, and I think it's fair to say they've been slightly below expectations. Yeah. Um, yeah. I th- I think that kind of left a bitter taste in my mouth. But you know, I I I've got no issue which two of those three guys are in the the, the starting five. We'll stick with two to one at the minute and go with Kemba, just because it's gonna make it easier for me to remember when we do the next bit. Mm-hmm. Um, let's go over to the West then. Uh, <laughs> let's go back to the. No. <laughs> um, uh, Josh, who would you go with as your West five? So I've gone with. Uh kind of interchangeable guards really with uh, Harden and Curry um my, my Anthony Davis LeBron and Kevin Durant okay I've got exa- I've got exactly the same and I've got uh buyer's remorse or voter's remorse already for Curry Davis and Harden the minute I hit submit on that I was suddenly like well hold on injuries hold on ad's not on a winning team like Jokic is but we'll i'll hold that conversation for a minute because i've got a feeling hugh might be slightly different on this one i'm all over the place on this one i'm not gonna lie because some of the some of the players that i think deserve it um they are they're playing on the better teams they've got the better record they are the reason players are winning uh, sorry teams are winning but they're not doing that they they may have been injured for periods or they the players that are doing a sort of Kemba job in the western conference in the sense that they're dragging teams to playoff you know pl- challenging for a playoff spot um i think you know they they're not winning they they it's it's more difficult i think in the west I'm, mm-hmm. i've really been struggling with it 
at the moment, I've got Stephen Curry, Russell Westbrook, Luka Doncic, James Harden, Paul George, <laughs> Kevin Durant, LeBron James, Anthony Davis, and, <laughs> and Nikola Jokic. Um, I think right, I, okay. I think I ended up I ended up going with Steph, Westbrook, Paul George, LeBron, and Jokic. Wow. Okay. <laughs> okay. Um, I think Steph. Steph is more Tune of from a, the Thunder. Well, I mean, part of it is that I don't want to give James Harden a spot <laughs> for, for, <laughs> for personal reasons. Being a San Antonio Spurs fan and being a, a James Harden hater, um, I didn't want to give him that spot. But as an independent, uh, you know, respected uh, basketball writer, I think he probably does deserve the nod. <laughs> um, but that being said, I'm sitting in my fan with my fan hat on now and... Uh, Paul George, I mean, Paul George is, if you're only going to take one from the Thunder, I think he's the one to take. Um, But I think the guard position is tougher in the West. Uh, Sorry, no, the forward position is tougher in the West. So I wanted to move Paul George to a guard position. But that's not allowed because because of NBA rules being what they are. So then I was like, well, Westbrook is having a pretty awesome... Uh, season himself. He's still averaging a triple double. And it... yeah, I know, but he's dropped his points down to. I, he's he's on my fantasy team, so I'm acutely aware of his <laughs> his output at the minute, and it's driving me nuts. But, like, but it's great, is, I get a triple double. But he is doing yeah, it on uh, he is doing it on three fewer shot attempts this season. And I think like his efficiency is not great, admittedly. Um, and he's he keeps on shooting three pointers. Why I have no idea, but. I think he is playing a much better uh, mind game this year. You know, he realizes that he's got help. Um, last year, he just didn't acknowledge the fact that there were other players on his team, despite the fact that they brought in two all-stars or one all-star and one has been. Um, and I think, <laughs> I think that's what is making me sort of tip my hat to him a little bit. That being said. Um, I would possibly knock. No, you know what? No, I'm changing it. I'm changing it. I'm putting Luca in instead. I'm putting Luca Doncic in the All Star game in his rookie season. That's. I I I'd like to see that. I really would. I think I, I don't. He won't get the fan vote. Are you kidding? He he's gonna have he basically. He's gonna vote. basically have all of Slovenia. I I don't know the population of Slovenia, but I know it's it's not the biggest country. I don't know how it compares to Georgia, but they didn't manage to get Zaza in. By the by, a whisker that I, that one year it was very very close. I th- I I the amazing thing about um, how loaded the conference is is that Hugh has just named two guys in his starting five that aren't even on my kind of list of four shout outs beyond the main five that I chose. I mean, mm. Luca. I think I understand why you're saying it. He's he is an absolute joy to watch in many shapes or form, but in it, that doesn't make any sense. But in real time, uh, sometimes Luca shoots his team into trouble. I'm sorry to say, and also Westbrook. Blast for me. He's he's quite clearly an incredibly impressive uh, player, especially for a, uh, a rookie. And I have been on the Luca train for a very long time. But sometimes 
the reason he needs to make big shots is because he has shot his team. And I understand that he doesn't have a fantastic array of weaponry around him, uh, but sometimes he does. And it's his first year, he'll learn, he'll improve that, but sometimes he shoots inefficiently to the point where it's damaging for his team. But Russell Westbrook, I didn't even have close to my list uh, of, of mentions, which is Paul George, who you rightly mentioned is playing at an incredible level. Uh, Damian Lillard, who continues to be the victim of a, a bit of a Western mm-hmm. point guard yeah. log jam. Uh, Tobias Harris, who it's faded a bit now, but he was a huge part in a surprising you know, Clippers start. And then the one that pained me so much and nearly made it in, I think he was the closest to making it in my five, was uh, Jokic, who... 100% would be in my lineup if we weren't considering conferences, but he'd also be in my lineup without a shadow of the doubt of, of a doubt if we were, um, you know, if the centre position was still obligatory. He's yeah, I, it, that was a painful uh, exclusion. So we're all sort of dancing around this point in a minute, but the way that the the all all star game works now, in that uh, the two highest vote getters from either conference select teams from cross conferences. What is the point in segregating these guys like this? Because you, you've said it yourself, Lillard has definitely suffered, and he'd probably be in the East if if he were on an Eastern Conference team. Oh yeah, Jokic is being overlooked because of it, isn't it? Just like now that we we've got like last year was Team LeBron versus Team Steph, which obviously we won't get this year because they're both the same conference, and it's I don't know why they'd even do it this way. It should just be the top two vote getters, not the top two from either conference. Um, or the top one for me in the conference, rather. I don't get why they don't just ah, oh, it, it oh, I'm completely losing where I'm going with this. But like, what is the purpose in still having these as uh, as designated East and West players when when this this game is no longer East and West? Yeah, I mean, I mean, Mike, I understand that uh, you are almost the British uh, NBA fan town crier for kind of being progressive and moving on past uh, the archaic uh, traditions but, of yeah. and structures of the NBA um, systems, both in uh, conference, division, everything. But I'm 100% with you on this because yeah. all of the guys that Hugh mentioned when we talked about the West would be taking... I mean, I'm not even sure if Victor Oladipo would be easily finding his way to the All-Star game if... We considered mm. all of the Western people who will probably be snubbed once again because of this old-fashioned system that we have in place. Yeah, like, like my, my personal feelings about the general conferences aside, I, like, I'll push that away. I don't want that part of this bit. <laughs> um, it just doesn't make sense to me to like do it, like have the main event as non-conference and then, then hamstring yourself with being able to put the best talent out on display. Yeah, no, I agree. Okay. I'm trying I'm trying not to get emotional about this. <laughs> but for those who regularly read Double Clutch and for those who uh you know re- regularly read the the our Twitter timelines, Mike and I have an ongoing beef. Okay? <laughs> I, d- I didn't want to bring it up in this public setting. This is clearly not the forum to do it or maybe it is at a later date. And it's the season of goodwill. And it's the season of goodwill. That being said, the the whole East versus West thing, right? I am with you in the sense that I think we in in, in the All Star game, right? I'm I'm on board with the whole drafting from 
uh, all the different All-Stars, whether they were voted in from the East or whether they were voted in from the West. Yeah. Because um, basically, it, you know, I think that adds a bit of drama. It makes it more interesting. But mm-hmm. you need to have that that balance. There are teams in the Western Conference who are far superior, far superior to the Eastern Conference. We know this. It's been the same for roughly 25 years now. But that doesn't mean that there aren't elite players. And like we've roughly said while we're chatting about this, a lot of the teams, you know, if we go back to Josh's five guys, um, they were all from the top five teams in the Eastern Conference. Now, that wasn't necessarily done on purpose. It was, you know, it was possibly done in the back of his mind subconsciously you know because they have winning records and it's the same thing with a couple of the guys that i wanted to vote in i went for jokic over ad because you you know jokic mm-hmm. has basically pushed denver to the top of the con- western conference which is a real slugfest of a conference at the moment but there are all but just because you are a, you have a winning record just because you are a better team doesn't mean that you have the best players and you have the all-stars and that's what this game is about it's about having the best players and the 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 players that really excite fans the most now you may you might not see them on national tv as much um they might not be on everybody's lips because you know they are crap they're on crap teams but that doesn't mean that they're not some of the best players in the world um, and I, I think there's, I think it's right to have balance because p- people who are supportive of teams like the New York Knicks um, and the Brooklyn Nets, just because their teams have sucked so badly in the past few years, doesn't mean that they haven't had good players and they haven't had uh, players that deserve recognition. And also those fan bases, whether you whether you live in New York or Brooklyn or whether you live, uh, you know, over in London where Nick Whitfield lives you know you need you need to have something to root for and i think we've got fans around the world of all teams in the nba i don't know how it ends up like that you would think the you know people like us over in the over in the uk would just end up supporting the lakers or boston celtics because they're two iconic franchises (laughs) <laughs> so, so what's what's the that's, uh, that's the, actually not the, the vocal <laughs> equivalent of a subtweet. <laughs> that, that that was actually done without my recognition until I actually said the words out of my mouth. Um, I, that wasn't any subtweet at you guys, but you know those are the two iconic franchises. So they and they have won the most. So it's understandable that they have more fans over here. But for some reason, we've got a huge Orlando Magic following in in this in this part of the world um you know i'm a san antonio spurs fan it's so there are fans around the world who want players from their teams in the all-star game and i think it's right that actually we give the crap teams a good opportunity to get their players in the all-star game well well for me for me i mean i'm gonna i'm gonna brush off what you said then with the 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 subtweet because Firstly, I'm not that passionate about the All-Star game generally, so I may not be a good participant mm-hmm. in this okay. conversation. And I understand that basically they can be beacons for different fandom. Um, but 
I'm only going to say that there's a strong correlation between these guys being voted all-stars because they're the best players uh, and the fact that they're on winning teams. I mean, it's it, there's a domino effect. The reason they're in winning teams is because a lot of these guys are the best players. And the reason, another thing that plays a part in that is that everyone just decided to be on the same team anyway so but that's going to be the last part um that's going to be the last thing that i'm going to say on that conversation because beef uh beef for me uh, as far as i'm aware is not a traditional christmas meat <laughs> touche uh, all i would say on it is that by removing the conferences in this you're not preventing fan bases from voting for their own guys still what you are is you're opening it up to the the fans who are who are observant of teams rather you know other than just their own um other than just their own guys who who won't get a shout so like you mentioned like the the crap teams you mentioned the Knicks and the Nets who have decent players well they both have bigger market sizes than the Blazers but why is one of their players more deserving of the role than uh, the you know a spot on the the roster than someone elite like Lillard so, like to me, would Lillard get in over Oladipo? Yeah. Should he get in? Yeah. Will he get in? No. Same, same that, with that Westbrook. That to me is where I don't see the fairness. Yeah, and it's the, it's the same with Westbrook on that kind of thing. I mean, he he didn't even make my my list of um of of shout outs, which I'm sure he'll be devastated about. Um, but <laughs> but but he he and Lillard, Lillard and probably someone else that we're not even considering would be ahead of Oladipo in this conversation but the only thing holding him back is um is the uh, the split in conference and uh, it just causes more issues uh, than necessary in my opinion okay so let's let's move on from that bit now um but we're going to we're going to stick with uh the all-star game uh, i'm going to do something that you guys didn't know we were going to do we're going to do the we're going to stick with the five guys, in fact, we're going to sit with the five guys I selected because I the East was completely the same as Hugh, the West was completely the same as Josh. So on a two-to-one voting system, those are the guys we're going with. Um, so <laughs> what we're going to do is Team Josh versus Team Hugh very quickly. So you're going to draft these guys. So uh, in the West, we've got LeBron, Durant, Curry, Davis and Harden. In the East, uh, Antetokounmpo, Embiid, Leonard, Kemba and Kyrie. You got that? No. Repeat that. No. Well, all right. <laughs> we'll, we'll, uh, we'll, I will, um, we'll, we can cover it off as we need to as we go down the list. But the next question is, so whoever gets the highest votes obviously picks first. So obviously, we don't have a voting system. And I'm not voting for you, either of you. So very quickly, uh, we're going to have a quick uh, question. Whoever gets closest to the total points scored on Christmas Day picks first. So how many points do you think was scored on Christmas Day? Wow. Um... I reckon. What do we have? Faster! Five... You guys are using calculators. I can hear tapping. <laughs> we got five games. I reckon hundred points per team on average. I'm gonna go with a thousand. I guess. We got a thousand, Josh. What are you going? Nine hundred ninety-nine. Hugh wins. It's one thousand one hundred and two. Oh. Um, well, by my calculations, so that may not be accurate whatsoever. Uh, so Hugh gets first pick. Who are you going with? Um, you got to get three from the front court and and two in the back court. Right. Um, bear in mind, I can't remember who you said, but okay. No, let, so, I'm gonna oh. go with my first pick. Is gonna be Giannis Antetokounmpo. Wow. Okay. 
So Hugh, Hugh goes Yanis. Okay, and we're go, we're we're not consider we're not considering conferences. Is that kind of the point of this? No, you, you, any of them because at this point it do, it doesn't matter because that's who what the, uh, the the two top picks will be picking from. Okay, and um, will center in my will positions in my team matter? So so the front court play, so yeah so you need two from the two in the back okay. court. So your back court players are going to be Kyrie, Kemba, Harden, and Curry. Mm-hmm. And then your front court is LeBron, KD, AD, Kawhi, Embiid, and Yanis is off the table. Okay, LeBron James. Okay. Back to you, Hugh. Oh, this is tough. I wish I had time to prepare. Um, <laughs> let's go Steph. Okay. Back over to Josh. Uh, Kevin Durant. See, I like I like the idea of uh, Steph and KD being on opposite teams. Mm. Yeah. Especially with the impending free agency. Okay. <laughs> um, give me Kemba. Kemba. Okay, that's a high pick for Kemba. That's your backcourt field as well, so you can only go front court from now. All right. Um, I mean, this, I mean, this just goes against everything I've said um, <laughs> previous in the conversation. Oh well, no, wait. I've got one more front court guy, right? You've got one more front court guy, and left on the table is Embiid and AD. And uh, Kawhi is still. You don't there. need to continue, Anthony Davis. Ah, oh, damn you. Okay, oh. this is this is this is going to be brutal. <laughs> Back to you, Hugh. Um. So you've got to go front court. So you're left. In fact, so your front, your next two picks are sorted. You've got Embiid and Kawhi because you can't pick anyone else. Why can't I do that? Oh yeah, God, he's taking everybody. You, you've, you've, fi- you've filled your, you've filled it. Uh, that's okay. Uh, which means that's okay. That, I'm good with that. Which means that the backcourt is going to be Kyrie and Harden. Man, you you're going to get smoked, you. You are no way. Uh, <laughs> look at it. I've got I've got Embiid where I can just dump the ball down to, and he will eat any of your players alive. And then I've got basically all the shooting apart from Yanis, and he's just going to dunk on everybody anyway. This is going to be easy win for me. I don't think you're considering the swarming, terrifying defense of Kyrie Irving and James Harding. <laughs> <laughs> Which, of course, is vital to any All-Star. Exactly. <laughs> Brilliant. So the, the, fine, the final fives are Yanis, uh, Steph, Kemba, Embiid and Kawhi for Team Hugh. Uh, LeBron, KD, AD, Kyrie, and Harden for for Team Josh. We should we should get an NBA Two K nineteen game with those squads going. Oh yeah, good idea. Um, cool. Uh, so yeah, like we said at the, the top, you've got until the twenty. I say that twenty first. Did I say at the start? Uh, to vote for the All Star game. Yep, January twenty first. So get voting. It'll be interesting to see how close that ten is to the actual ten and how those two fives fall. Because it's got to be, it's got to be LeBron and and Giannis the the the, the captains this year. I don't know how mind. many how many uh, how many votes did Steph have last year? I think he was wasn't he higher than LeBron in his votes? Good question. I I don't know. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll, I'll I'm wrong in that. Maybe that. I'm wrong in that. But um, you could well be right. Um, that'll be interesting though. Um, okay, so let's move on. We've only got a few days left in 2018. Let's have your top 2018 moment. Okay. Um, this moment is it's obviously uh, it's I I racked my brains for something that actually happened, um, you know, in gameplay uh, during during the actual uh, game itself. But 
unfortunately, I had to go back to um, to the All Star Game, uh, but it was ahead of the All Star Game, and it was it was that fantastic version of the uh, national anthem that Ferg- <laughs> that Fergie sang when um, I because it not only was an incredible moment within itself, but it was a, a it was like a meme that kept on coming back throughout the the year. So uh, you then had um, Golden State Warriors having a bit of a beef with Fergie and randomly her ex-husband um, at the start of this season. Uh, and it just, it feels like it was the gift that just kept on giving throughout the year. And it's something you can always look back on and think that was bizarre you know there was a lot of there's been a lot of brilliant national anthem moments over the years um i remember well i think flea from red hot chili peppers has played uh the national anthem at a few la lakers games and they're always bad um and <laughs> and you also had uh carlos santana playing the national anthem a, a number of years ago uh, and there's been i mean Jerry Stackhouse sang sang it one year, which was equally terrible. <laughs> but I think this one, it really is an all-time national anthem terrible moment. And for that, I think it's going to be one that we remember for a long time. It it was amazing. I the the remix that the Warriors had was was beautiful. It's the only way I can describe it. I I reckon that would have done really well if it was sold as a single. Actually, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Which is is not a uh, condemnation, or <laughs> it's it's uh, in fact it's not a comment on uh, the the current state of popular music at all. Um, Josh, well, firstly, I'm incredibly jealous of Hugh's answer. I wish I'd thought of that because that was yeah, brilliant. that's I, I mean I, I I mean I couldn't I couldn't stop singing that for days. The, it's the most ridiculous song <laughs> ever. That remix that was made uh, by the remix god. Um, but it was, yeah, I, I, I'm jealous of that. So well done, Hugh. Hat off. Um, but despite my efforts to feign journalistic impartiality, you guys have made it quite <laughs> clear to the audience that I get excited when the Boston Celtics do well. So for that reason and that reason alone, it's Jason, Ta- Jason Tatum stuffing it on LeBron James's noggin. <laughs> that, uh, was that was great. That was, that was great. E- either that, either um, that. Or just sorry to kind of um, hog this answer. Uh, but moving back to non-real time stuff, um, the slow motion replay of Luka Doncic reacting to a DeAndre Jordan dunk <laughs> is also up there <laughs> because he he, he yeah, looks like a he looked like a, a five year old who'd just uh, been told he can play with his toys for a couple of hours. It was fantastic. Oh, brilliant! Oh man. Um, okay. Uh, Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna give two as well then. Um, encore, Yanis leaping Tim Hardaway Jr. F- for the oh, dunk. was that this that year? Was just, it was February 18, wow. according to my quick Google that I did earlier. Um, well, I, I say that the f- the first four YouTube videos of it are all 7th of February 18. So I'll go with that. Um, off court would be the Warriors giving a new unicycle to Red Panda after hers was stolen because Red Panda <laughs> is the real MVP. When it comes to halftime shows, she's amazing. Yeah, I, I, I'm part of a WhatsApp group that's actually just about Red Panda. <laughs> and it's, it's to be honest, there's not a lot of traffic on that channel, but 
Oh, there is some serious red panda love, mainly for me, because she's just amazing. I need yeah. to get an invite um, into that WhatsApp group, Mike. Yeah, yeah, I think you'd probably do. Actually. I, I, I um, hope you don't take offence to this, Mike. Um, but you describing that WhatsApp uh, group and that that kind of involvement, and I've been in some pretty niche WhatsApp groups, some, and, and there's been some weird conversations. Uh, but that just made me think, uh, you know, that it's borderline miraculous that you've just had a baby. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, it is pretty miraculous. To be fair, like I, I'm probably painting the group as being um, slightly different to what it is. It's mainly a group of guys who uh, came and watched the playoffs, the opening night of the playoffs, two seasons ago, maybe? Mm. It was the, the one where Atlanta got blitzed in the opening game. I think it was maybe two, three years ago. Uh, and we, we'd watched basically back-to-back-to-back games and the Red Panda halftime show came on and people were like, who is this? And I was like, you've not heard Red Panda? Went into this whole spiel about it. Turns out I'm the world's biggest Red Panda fan. (laughs) And um, I started this WhatsApp group and it's mainly just guys going, why are we still in this group? (laughs) How is it? Can I leave now? And I'm like, no, Red Panda. So it's mainly just me uh, boring people to death um, and not a a sort of collection of red panda aficionados. Yeah, congratulations um, on that baby. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> one and only. Um, <laughs> brilliant. Um, okay, so let's move on. We are exactly three weeks away from the NBA London game where the Wizards will face the Knicks. Uh, Hugh, your tickets came through in the post. Yeah, yeah, I was pretty pretty excited about that. Like, I, I it was actually I I went away for Christmas and. I came back, uh, I went away just a few days before Christmas and ended up coming back, what was it, Boxing Day? Um, and it was just there. And I was like, this is fantastic. It's not that I'd completely forgotten about it, but, um, you know, it was just, I was surprised to see the tickets um, in 2018, I guess. But I just think, yeah, it's, uh, it's exciting. It's just around the corner now. Um, and even though I say it's exciting, I'm more excited about the event uh, than I am about the actual game. I mean, I, watching New York Knicks on Christmas Day, I, it reminded me of just how bad the New York Knicks really are. Um, and <laughs> and every time I think of the Washington Wizards, I just keep thinking of that picture that John Wall had in, in, in the summer for Team USA where... <laughs> He, he he looked like he'd just been run over by a truck or at least his box home had so um <laughs> i'm i'm uh, ambivalent about how the uh, ambivalent about how the um how the game is going to be but i'm really excited about um about you know what we're planning down there you know we i i think we're uh, we've not got anything to announce publicly just yet but we're planning a lot of activity while we're down there and it's going to be it's going to be a hell of a week Yep, it's going to be a busy week. Uh, it's actually like one of the for, for for us covering it. It's one of the, it's our busiest week of the year, basically. Yeah. We, <laughs> but it it is it is great. Um, like you say, the whole event is is fantastic. Um, attending practices is great. Getting the the access to the teams, the players, the coaching staff is is amazing. And there's just there's quite a bit going on. Usually there's um. Lots of signings. I remember one year, uh, shout out to Ginger Shack. He was uh, keeping everyone in the loop as to what things were going on. And it was um, Isaiah Thomas, OG, um, 
signing autographs in a Curry's, and it's just like, <laughs> where? where, where this, is, this, this is just bizarre. Where do they think this up? Um, should be good. Uh, a, a listener of the show, and I'm going to butcher his surname, regular listener, and I talked to him quite a bit actually. Um, Jimmy Zinky. Yeah, I'm I going Zinky like Hinky. Yeah. Um, but that's great surname by the way. Um, he he tweeted today. Quite a few tickets for NBA London have appeared on at Twickets, and they're not crazy prices. Um, I'd never heard of at Twickets, uh, so I had a quick look at them, and they're a, a resale site that try to sell resell stuff as close to face value as possible. Oh, cool! Which is great if um, you're one of the many fans in the UK who have who have been upset by the um, I can't remember what they're called the. The, the resale sites, I can't remember what they are, StubHub, whatever, AXS, who are, who are, a, a, AXS is the actual ticket provider. I don't think they do the resale. Oh, sorry, yeah. Um, but whoever they are, StubHub, um, SeatWave, I don't know. All the people reselling things for six times the price they're actually worth. Uh, so I can't vouch for how good they are, but I would definitely recommend checking them out um, if you still haven't got a ticket and still want to go and watch the Knicks and the Wizards. Uh, you, you looking forward to it, Josh? You're going to be down for it as well, aren't you? Yeah. Uh, unlike you, I haven't got my tickets through the post. I'm still waiting on that the hoop, the hoop genius giveaway, uh, holding out, <laughs> holding that, holding out for that. Uh, no, it should be a good event. Um, obviously, we we've got a lot kind of um, that will go into motion soon in terms of plans, uh, and I hope basically that the Isaiah Thomas and Curry's thing can be um can be usurped. Hopefully we get a kind of um Matumbo in Pizza Hut thing or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that'd be amazing. I'd like I'd like to see him be at like, you know, the all you can eat lunches mm. and when people have had more than their fair share they just you know, he just slaps them away and, and waves his finger at them. That'd be uh, <laughs> that would be amazing. Um okay, so there's just a few days remaining uh in the year. I think there's about four. Um, but I'm losing my days at the minute. Um, we're recording this on a Thursday. So that means of games left in 2018, there are but few remaining. Um, so we'll do like pick of the week, but it's your your pick of the last game. So if you could pick one game for someone to watch for the, uh, that hasn't been played yet, one of the upcoming games, which would be your pick? Okay, I'm going to go for... Um, it's, uh, I, I hope the people who are listening are listening to this uh, within the first few hours of us um, actually posting this live, because on Saturday night um, there is a game being played at uh, at a very UK-friendly time. It is the Brooklyn Nets versus the Milwaukee Bucks. Now we spoke about how bad the the Brooklyn Nets were um, earlier in the podcast, but actually they're they're a lot of fun this season. Um, Spencer Dinwiddie is. Is playing like an all-star, mm-hmm. to be honest, um, and is possibly one of those guys that would get more attention if he wasn't on such a bad team. But they—they're they've been in a lot of games until the last few minutes. The games are always close and they're always tight. And on the other side of the bracket, you've got the Milwaukee Bucks, who have the most entertaining player in the league this season. Maybe that's a hot take. I don't think mm-hmm. it is. Um, he's no. <laughs> he's he's a um, Yanis Antetokounmpo. It's a lukewarm. It's a take. lukewarm take, but um, <laughs> but it's it's factually correct. I think. Um, yeah. Yeah. Yanis Antetokounmpo 
what a player. Um, I think those two Eastern Conference rivals as well. Um, it's going to be a great game to watch. And I was checking earlier, and um, for those of you who don't have a Sky Sports package, uh, for those of you who don't even have Sky Sports, you might have Now TV or something like that. Um, Sky Sports Mix, um, which is the essentially the free Sky Sports channel that you can watch. Um, they're actually going to be showing that game. I believe it's uh, 10 p.m. in the evening. Um, in fact, uh, you might you might need to fact check that, but uh, it's being shown basically for free on British television. Uh, and uh, I got to give Sky Sports a, a shout out for that this season. They've done an absolutely great job this year of yeah it's t- it's 10 p.m yeah um but sky sports have done a great job of uh making sure that we in the uk and in europe have got games to watch um and also um a quick aside um, i know i'm going down a tangent now but uh, a bit of a welcome to the nba in the uk community to lee harvey who's just been appointed the nba editor at sky sports digital so um yeah i don't know if he's uh, a regular listener of the podcast but if he is um yeah it's uh, congrats on getting the job and uh hopefully we're going to see a lot more from him and a lot more from the sky sports team well in the next four years uh while they've got the broadcasting rights yeah i i like that uh some of the coverage they've been doing for the games has been through twitter and, and facebook as well so yeah. even if you don't have the now tvs you still can get the game because i mean you got internet access, and and if you're not on Facebook or Twitter, then you're probably not watching basketball. To be fair, <laughs> um, so I think it's great that they're doing that. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see what they do with the coverage going forwards. Obviously, uh, the new editor coming in just before the London game might make it a bit tight for for things for that. But it's going to be going to be good to see what they do. They've now got the the obviously the online destination as well. So if you go to NBA.com, it takes you to to Sky's um, their their NBA page, which covers well <laughs> covers everything NBA. So, um, Josh, who have you? What's your pick for the for one game to watch in the upcoming remainder of the year? That's a good question, Mike, which I have taken on board and uh, immediately and understood perfectly. Uh, for me, it would be um, the Saturday night battle of Los Angeles. Uh, wait, no, sorry, Saturday. Uh, battle of Los Angeles between the Clippers and Lakers. Obviously, um, with those two teams kind of having ups and downs already in the season, uh, there were some growing pains with Los Angeles. They've now obviously just come off the back of a huge win uh, against Golden State. Uh, And obviously, at the Staples Center, they're going to meet um, their... Ooh, I don't know, kind of uh, nephew team uh, in the Los Angeles Clippers who had an unbelievable start <laughs> and have surprised a lot of people. Uh, but they're now just kind of starting to have their first obstacles thrown in front of them. So whilst they're in the re- recovery stage um, and the Los Angeles Lakers are coming off the back of a really good run, um, I think it will be a really interesting b- battle of Los Angeles. So uh, I think that's one to work out. That that was one of my choices actually, and it, it's it's true that both teams are twenty and fourteen. Can you remember a time when both LA franchises had yeah. some semblance of relevance? It's crazy. I think Woj just tweeted that um, Lakers are prepared for LeBron to miss multiple games, which could be a well, a, well, wonderful news if you're a Clippers mm. fan. Um, I think it's a great choice for a game. Uh, my choice. I'm going to throw you two a bone. 
and I am going to test your fandom because at midnight, at midnight, so I'm counting this, it's Monday, December the 31st, 2019, but at midnight, so new year for mm-hmm. us, Celtic Spurs. Oh, nice. Yeah. Nice. nice. So I'll be intrigued to see how you two bring in the new year because I, I expect it to be, while well, everyone's texting Happy New Year, I'm expecting some insightful observations uh, dissecting both teams' uh, pros and cons on the floor. Most definitely. <laughs> well, with, when, when Hugh kind of came into the podcast with the Spurs are just about relevant again, um, you know, based on that alone, I'm, you know, my knees are shaking <laughs> Furiously. <laughs> uh, awesome. Cool. Um, you got anything else you want to jump on before we uh, disappear for the rest of the year? Certainly not the Luka Doncic uh, bandwagon. But um, generally speaking, it's been a really good chat. Um, and I hope that all of the NBA in the UK audience had a good Christmas and will have a good New Year. D- hang on. Did I hear you correctly? You're not on the Doncic bandwagon. <laughs> Well, I'm kind of considering it a new bandwagon. I've been, I, I mean, I, I went on Sacramento radio last year, to, uh, earlier on in the year, telling them that it would be a fatal mistake not to take Luka, Luka Doncic. And then I went on a uh, ridiculous, like, 30-tweet um, rant about Doncic and how valuable he is and how once in a generation he might become. Um, but... The bandwagon I'm referring to is the one that is led by Hugh Hopkins, who believes he, he should be into the All-Star game, when actually he is not ready to quite you know, take on that mantle. He is an incredible player, but the bandwagon that I am referring to is the over-the-top uh, hold-your-horses bandwagon. Well, okay, you know what? This sense. bandwagon has entry only for sensible basketball analysts, so uh, that's that's <laughs> fine. We we don't allow you, Josh. <laughs> so, uh, applications to join the bandwagon is it at Coach underscore Hugh? That's right. Oh wow! I can't believe I pulled that out of my memory. Uh, so, and then and if you want to uh, stay off the bandwagon and join Josh, it's I'm going to go at Poundcoin. That's it. I'm on fire tonight. This is unbelievable. <laughs> I don't know my own one, though. Um, but anyway, thank you very much for listening. We, ho- we Echoing what Josh said, we hope you all had lovely Christmases, got all your NBA gear that you wanted. I saw a lot of uh, new NBA stuff. Someone someone posted an amazing, you know those custom Jordan storage boxes? Oh, yeah, was, they look amazing. LED lights. I can't remember the guy's name, but I immediately replied saying, you need to give me the information of where you got this from. Um, there was a lot of cool NBA gear going around at Christmas. Actually, and, uh, actually, Mike, have... there was also a lot of really cool WNBA gear going around this Christmas as well on my Twitter timeline. So shout out to the WNBA for getting this stuff together and getting good merch out this year as well. Have you got? Didn't you get a Vegas top? I did. Yeah, yeah. I got Aja Wilson's uh, number. I'm, I'm, I'm seriously nice. impressed. Cool. So yeah. Um... NBA and WNBA gear. Thank you for uh, correcting me on that. Um, but cool. Anyway, we will catch you next time. Make sure you go and uh, whatever podcast environment you listen through, go and rate us. Um, if you're not following us already, we're on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Double Clutch UK. We'll catch you next time. Peace. Bye.